Uh, Mark chapter 10. Mark chapter 10. If you can find it in your Bibles or you can uh, look it up on your mobile devices, I'm going to read a few verses here and then a couple of other verses that are related to the same uh, idea. We're talking today about the topic of, of prayer, of prayer. We've talked about prayer a couple weeks ago, but there's a different angle on prayer that I want to mention today. It's about insistent prayer, about praying and insisting on prayer. So let's go to Mark chapter 10, verse 46. It says this, Then they came to Jericho. As Jesus and his disciples uh, together were on a, there were a large crowd, were leaving the city, a blind man, Bartimaeus, was sitting by the roadside begging. When he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Many rebuked him and told him to be quiet. Many rebuked him and told him to be quiet. Be quiet. Stop. Just stop. Stop doing that. Stop calling out the name of Jesus. But he shouted all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus stopped and said, call him. So they called the blind man. Cheer up on your feet. He's calling you. Throwing his cloak aside, he jumped on his feet and came to Jesus. What do you want me to do for you? Jesus asked him. The, blam, the blind man said, Rabbi, I want to see. Go, said Jesus. Your faith has healed you. Immediately, he received his sight and followed Jesus along the road. That's story number one. Story number two, this is a parable. Luke chapter 11. This is right after Jesus is explaining the Lord's prayer. It says this. Suppose Jesus, uh, sorry, uh, then Jesus said to them, suppose you have a friend and you go to him uh, at midnight and say, friend, lend me three loaves of bread. A friend of mine is on a journey and has come to me and I have no food to offer him. And suppose the one inside answers, don't bother me. The door is already locked and my children and I are in bed. I can't get up and give you anything. I tell you, this is important. Even though he will not get up and give you the bread because of friendship, yet because of your shameless audacity, he will surely get up and give you as much as you need. Story number two. This is story number three. Luke chapter 18, verse two. He says, in a certain town, there was a judge who neither feared God nor cared what people thought. And there was a widow in that town who kept coming to him, kept coming to him with a plea, grant me justice against my adversary. For some time he refused, but finally he said to himself, even though I do not fear God or care what people think, yet because of, the, because of this widow keeps bothering me, I will see that she gets justice so that she won't eventually come and attack me. Question for you guys. What do these three stories have in common? What do these three stories have in common? In common. These three stories are stories of insistence, of keeping going, of praying, of believing, of not stopping until the thing that I am praying for, the thing that I'm asking for, takes place. So we're going to talk about prayer today, and we're going to talk about how do we approach prayer from now on. So we're in a, we're in a series called Breakthrough, and we're talking about breakthrough in our lives, and we're talking about breakthrough in our church. And we've talked about this whole idea that, that sometimes we think that, that breakthrough in our life is just going to come as a result of us waiting. So Jesus is going to bring spiritual breakthrough in your life. He's going to bring financial breakthrough in your life. He's going to bring relational breakthrough in your life. But all you have to do is just wait and it's going to happen. What we've been talking about for the past few weeks is that as we look at scripture, we realize that, that the flood didn't come until Noah built the ark. That Peter didn't walk on water until he got out of the boat, Right? Um, that, that, um, Mo, that the Red Sea didn't part until Moses put down his staff. 
And so the same is true with us when we talk about spiritual breakthrough and we talk about the things that we would like for God to do in our lives or the ways that we would like for God to show up in our lives. This series is about what is the thing that God is asking of me? What is the thing that I can do to be able to create spiritual breakthrough in our lives? And so we've talked about relational breakthrough. We've talked about breakthrough in our faith. And today we're going to talk about breakthrough in our prayer, in our prayer. So how many of you guys are parents here? Parents, lots of parents, lots of parents, lots of parents. <laughs> so I'm not going to address that. It's not true, by the way, just to be safe. Um, so I'm a parent. I've been a parent for uh, quite a few years now. And I would say that probably the best season of parenting is right now. Because I can have conversations with my kids. We have a good time. You know, we, we, you know it, it's more of an intellectual uh, relationship than it used to be like hey don't do this don't do that picking up and all that kind of stuff so but I want to say that the, the most challenging uh, season of parenting was when they were all three kind of toddlers and kind of learning how to walk and they were all kind of in diaper season and we had to put them in the back seat with their with their uh, car seats and stuff like that that was hard in fact we had a, a small sedan and we had three kids in car seats and so we put all three kids in the bag, and you'd close one side and all kind of shift this way. And then you put the other side and kind of lock in place, and you'd look back, and they're all just kind of in there. So, but one of the things about that season, even though it was so difficult, um, was the insistence of my kids. Like, if they wanted something, they were going to get it. They would say, please, dad, 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 but dad, but why, but dad, dad, dad. And finally, it was like this buildup into, what do you want? And at the end of the day... Sometimes I didn't even know what I was saying yes to. I just wanted them to stop bothering me. Like, the, the, the reason why sometimes I would agree to whatever it was that they were asking of me was a direct result of their insistence. I didn't even know if it was right or wrong. I just wanted them to stop bothering me. So why do I share that? Because in these three stories that we just, that we just read, we're talking about prayer. And, and Jesus is explaining that there is a direct correlation between the insistence of prayer and Jesus actually coming through with it. Let's, let's go through it real quick. We got this blind guy who is just calling out the name of Jesus. Uh, Son of David, have mercy on me, have mercy on me, have mercy on me. And everyone was trying to shut him up, but he just kept going. And then Jesus turns around and does what he was asking for. We have this other story of this person coming up to his friend's house and saying, hey, I need uh, three loaves of bread because I have a friend that came on a journey and I have nothing to give him. He says the reason, it's very specific in saying that the reason why he gave his friend the bread that he was asking for was not because of his friendship. It was because of his shameless audacity. And then we have the story of the widow that's going up to the king and is asking the king over and over again. She kept coming back. She kept coming back. And then the king was very clear that it's not because the king was good or because he even feared God. It was because of the insistence of this lady. And so when I think about prayer and I think about my own prayer life, I think that sometimes when I pray, I just kind of go through the motions. Like I pray every day. You know, I'm a pastor. I have to pray every day, right? I'm a pastor. 
But sometimes I honestly just go through the motions. I'm like, thank you, Lord, for this day. Thank you for your blessings. Thank you for, your f- for this food. Thank you, blessing. Just kind of like this, okay, I know God's in control, so yes, I can pray, but then I understand that God is the one that ultimately, ultimately makes the final decision. So I'm like, okay, I'm just going to pray and see what happens. But when I look at these stories, I'm like, wait a minute, there's something more to prayer than just going through this religious motion of praying to God. But it becomes undeniable that there's something that happens in insistent prayer that moves the will of God, that moves the hand of God, that that influences the intervention of God, that influences the activity of God. So here's a question for you. Maybe we need a little bit more shameless audacity in our prayers, like the friend. Maybe we need to keep coming back to God, like this lady kept coming back before the king. Maybe we need to, we need to be like the, the blind Bartimaeus who, who didn't care what anyone else thought. Everyone else was trying to shut him up and he just kept going. Maybe we need to be more like blind Bartimaeus. Maybe I need to be more like him. You see, there's an undeniable situation here that, that there's a, a role that insistent prayer plays in the intervention of God. You see, I feel like God is going to bring breakthrough in, in my prayer life. I believe he's going to bring a breakthrough in, in your prayer life. I, I truly believe this. I believe this with, with all my heart. We we're just reading uh, that story of this lady who she says, because of the prayer, God changed my life. And I've seen how you guys pray in food help. You guys don't hold back. Shameless audacity kept coming back. This king, she keeps bothering me. I don't even like her. But so she'll stop. I'm just going to give her what she wants. It's an exaggeration. It's hyperbole that Jesus is using to make a point. See, my, my story, so I'm not going to tell you my whole story, but some of you guys know my story. I, I, was, I spent a, a large section of my life just living a lifestyle that I'm completely ashamed of right now for years. And there was someone in my life that kept praying for me. She kept praying. She kept praying bold prayers. She kept insisting. She had people around her that were saying, just give up. Just give up. I mean, he's never going to turn around. It's been years. Just give up. Why do you keep praying? Why do you keep believing? It's my mom. She kept praying over and over again. Sometimes I was bothered because she would tell me, uh, Josh, I've been praying for you with, my, with some of my friends, with some of my, my lady friends, and that would bother me because I didn't think that it was doing anything. And I truly believe with all of my heart that there is a direct correlation between the fact that I get to do what I do now and the fact that my mom was praying for me and she wouldn't stop. So I think there's a lesson there for us to learn. However, 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 a few weeks back I was preaching on the Lord's Prayer. And as I, as I was preparing this message, I was thinking, because the premise of that message, I don't know if you guys remember or not, it was, it was that prayer is more about aligning yourself to the will of God than getting God to align himself to your will. And so as I was preparing this message, I'm like, wait a minute, I feel like I'm contradicting myself because it can't be both. It's either you do the God's will or you try to get God to do your will. So how does this all fit in this, in this whole concept? Well, what's very interesting that I discovered as I was studying is that the story of this, this, this friend that was insisting hey, help me with the bread, help me with the bread, help me with the bread, that comes right after the Lord's Prayer. 
which is very interesting because here's what the Lord, Lord's Prayer does, this whole idea of aligning ourselves to the will of God. The Lord's Prayer presents ourselves correctly before God. In other words, when we're doing the Lord's Prayer and we're saying, your will be done, your will be done, your will be done, don't give me too much so that I forget about you. And it's like, whatever you want, that's what I want. The Lord's Prayer positions ourselves correctly before God. Because it positions ourselves in a, in, a, in a way that we understand that no matter whether God comes through for us in the thing that we're asking or not, it doesn't matter because in Christ I have everything. Amen. So what, what, what I think is so important for us to understand is that, is that, yes, there's a correlation between our insistent prayer and the intervention of God. However, we need to come to a place to where we're okay with God not doing the thing that we do because in Christ we have everything. Okay. I need to explain it a different way because you guys are looking at me like, wait a minute, what, 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 what? So let's put it this way. Let's say that Jesus dies for your sins. You receive Jesus in your heart. You've got salvation. And then from that point on, your life just goes downhill. Doesn't matter. You already have the best thing, right? However, if you don't have Christ and your whole life is just success after success after success after success, but you don't have Christ, you don't have anything. You don't have the most important thing. So the point that I'm trying to make today is that insistent prayer, yes, is very important for God to intervene in your life, but you have to start from a point of satisfaction, of shalom, of understanding that God is your all. This is so important. Have you ever been in a toxic relationship? Don't raise your hand. And don't point, don't point either. Don't point. Have you ever been in a toxic relationship? I think we all have. A toxic relationship is about getting. It's all about getting. This person is in that relationship with you. The only reason why they're in that relationship is because of their personal benefit. And so I think that the same thing can be true with us and God. We can be in a relationship with God that has a direct uh, relationship between whether or not he does what we ask him to do. And so if God does the thing that we do, our relationship is good. If God doesn't do the thing that we do, our relationship is bad. And so the Lord's Prayer is so foundational because it starts on the basis of the sufficiency of Christ. He already gave you everything. He already gave you everything. And so when we insist on our prayers of the thing that we want God to do, we need to understand that even if he doesn't do it, that's fine. But I'm going to keep praying. I'm going to keep praying. I'm going to keep going. I'm going to keep going. Okay? All right, I hope that made sense. I hope that was helpful. So, Lord's Prayer positions ourselves correctly before God. And so this is how I approach Jesus. That's our baseline when we approach Jesus with requests. So let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. You guys ready for the question? Let me ask you this. When was the last time you prayed with shameless audacity? Like the friend. When was the last time you kept coming back to Jesus? like that lady who would not stop with a king? When was the last time when you kept praying for the thing that you're praying, even though there were people around you that were telling you, man, you should probably give up on that. It's been five years. I wonder if it's time for us to start rekindling our prayer life. Romans 8 says, the same spirit that rose Jesus from the dead is alive in you and me. We've got that power, and he is able. Ephesians 3.20 says, Now to him, to him, Jesus, who is able to do immeasurably more than we could ever ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us. You see, Christ can do anything. If, if he rose from the dead, 
He can do anything. He can answer that prayer that you have been praying for for so long. So I wonder if today there's something that in your life that you've wanted and that you've hoped for. I want to invite you to rekindle that fire inside of you. You see, here's what God put in my heart. He put revival in my heart for this church. He did. I believe it with all of my heart. But revival is not just a collective thing where we're all jumping up and down and having fun. It's actually something very personal. It's an individual revival of each person in this church. So I think I, I want to be a part of that because I believe that there's breakthrough in your life that is, is waiting to happen. I believe there's breakthrough in your relationships and, and a healing in your life and your finances and your dreams, things that God has put in your heart. Maybe way back when you say, I think that dream is kind of dead. I'm saying no, I don't think it's dead because if God put it in you, he's going he's gonna to come to pass. Maybe it's time to rekindle that fire in you. Let me ask you this. What if, the, what if that blind man would have stopped insisting? What would have happened? What if that woman would have stopped coming back to the king? What would have happened? What if that friend would have stopped knocking on that door? What would have happened? What would have happened if my mom stopped praying for me? What would have happened? And what's going to happen in your life if the thing that you've been praying for, you stop praying for? What would happen? I'm inviting you to insist on prayer, to keep believing, to keep believing, to keep believing, to keep believing in a healthy way because we already have everything. But keep that prayer going. 1 Thessalonians 5.17 says, pray continually, don't stop. Keep praying, keep believing, keep going, keep going, keep going, keep going, keep going. That's what I'm praying for, and that's what God is speaking to me too because I'm a more of a one-and-done person. Okay, I already prayed for that, so God knows. But there's something about insisting in that prayer. There's something that happens in your spirit. I was talking to someone the other day about worship and how sometimes we sing those songs over and over again. Sometimes we sing the same lyric over and over again. And this person was saying, well, I don't know why we, we just repeat the thing over and over again. And I tried to explain it, understanding that this is kind of a new way. It's almost like when you say uh, to someone that you love, I love you. I love you so much. Like you have no idea how much I love you. Like my love for you is so big. Like if I had words to describe my love for you, I would use them, but I'm out of words. And so sometimes when we worship, that's we're just going deeper. We're going deeper into worship. We're, we're getting a deeper connection with God. I wonder if prayer is like that too. Hey, we're praying for the same thing. I know God has the information. Like he knows the thing that you're praying for, but where's your heart? Like are you going deeper, 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 deeper? And we talked about this before. When God comes through and he answers the thing that, you, that you've been praying for, hey, guess what? You're happy about the thing that he did, but you're amazed at the God that we serve, which is the main thing. God appears, and you're like, wow, he's actually moving. That's what I want for this church. That's what I want for us, and I believe he's going to do it. And I'm going to end with this. How many of you guys believe that God answers prayers? Oh, does he ever. He answers prayers. He does. He really, really does. He does. And so I want to rekindle your hope in the God that we serve. Three weeks ago, we had a person uh, come up. After, uh, after our service was over, and her name's Liliana, I can, share her, I can share her name, and she was very concerned. We had a little prayer time here, and she was saying, I'm, I'm so concerned because this week I have to have a brain surgery, and I have a cyst in my brain, and she was very scared because it was very del delicate uh, procedure, very delicate, very dangerous, and she was very concerned, and so were we. So she came up, and we started praying for her, and I started praying for the, for the doctors. Like, doctors, just please, just like... 
work in, in the doctor's hands and in the hospital and, and keep everything safe and that the result of this operation will be perfect and that there will be no, nothing that we can regret, that they'll be able to take that cyst out and that there will be no problem. Guess what? She goes on Tuesday to get a final MRI. The cyst was gone. This happened literally a couple weeks ago in our church. And so when I think about that, I'm like Thomas. Like, I needed to see evidence. I'm sorry. I told her, like, can you please send me those MRIs and send me the paperwork? Like, I wanted to see it. I wanted to see it. And it was all true. And so the thing about this is that it gets me so excited is that at the end of the day, yes, her cyst is gone. And yes, God did a miracle. But what happens to me right now is like, who is this God who listens to prayer and answers prayer? And he's here. See, we're at the doors of a breakthrough in our church in your life. But there's a faith factor that has to do with stepping out of the bow. It's, it's preparing the way for what God is ushering into his church. And I am so excited, so excited to be a part of this. And so I want to close with this real quick and just an invitation for all of us here. On uh, September 9th, we're going to have a worship night here, right here on the lawn. September 9th at 7 o'clock. And, and here's, here's what we're going to do. We're going to worship God. We're going to lift up his name. But I, I want you to come here that day with something that you've been praying for. And we're going to pray for that thing with all of our hearts. And we're going to pray to the God who rose Jesus from the dead and did all these miracles. And we're going to pray to this God. And I believe that he's going to do something amazing in your life and in our church. That's going to be September 9th right here on this lawn. And we're already praying for that day. And so I really, really hope that you will that you will be here. Let's pray. Lord God, we thank you so much for these moments that we share. And thank you, Lord, for your love and your mercy and your presence. And thank you, Lord, because you've, you've spoken today. You've spoken to me. You've spoken to all of us. Thank you, Lord, for our church. Thank you for what you are doing. Thank you for it because it, it already started. It already started. Thank you that you're here. And we just want to open it up for your spirit to move, for your presence to be here, for lives to be changed, for, for bodies to be healed for marriages to be restored. And as a result of all of this, we're just going to see you. We're going to be your audience in watching what you're doing. Because it's not about any of us on stage. It's not about any of us that's serving. It's not about any of the people even serving on, in the food help ministry. We all, I mean, this is what we want to understand, God, is that we want to clear the way for your presence to come into our church. And we pray, Lord, that we will be insisting on prayer, believing that you will do what you said you would do and that you are who you say that you are. We thank you so much and we love you. In Jesus' name, amen.